Oh, hello, and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. As I try to knock out as many of these division previews as I can on a, my kind of week off, NFC East time, which means I couldn't go anywhere else. I could go to the random people I found on Reddit boards over the past little bit, and that would have been fine. But really, I want to go with my friends, and my friends are here. My friends are Donnie. Welcome back to the show, Donnie. And my friend is Ryan, all the way from O'Fallon Hoots Country. So how are things going, Ryan? Thank you so much for joining us on your day off. I also work in baseball, so I know it's a grind. So I appreciate you giving me some of your valuable day off time. Yeah, well, appreciate it, Eric. Always happy to hop on and chat about what's going on in the world of NFC East football. I, you know, spend a lot of time watching this division. Love the Eagles myself. Have a podcast with Donnie here, and he's a Giants fan, so we watch a lot of this division. So excited to be here! And yeah, as you said, I am in an off day right now, which is weird for me in this month because I have like one other off day this entire month in baseball. It's literally every single day, but it's been fun. I'm doing broadcasting for this baseball team in Missouri and the Prospect League, so I've enjoyed it. Enjoying traveling around, and uh, yeah, excited to, to talk some football with you again again today. Donnie, welcome back to the broadcast. Uh, you got this like sleek little smile smirk on you. Uh, it looks like you kind of don't want to be here. How you doing, Donnie? You know, uh, it's funny because I did say um, the three-hour NFC East podcast starts now uh, to Ryan earlier. So uh, as long as we stay away from three hours, I'm happy. Like, you know, <laughs> I- I'm just I'm just happy to be here, obviously. RK and I, we just, we love uh, being able to talk with you, Eric. There's always a good time. So I'm glad to be here. Thanks, guys. All right, let's just get into it because I really don't want this to go three hours. I want this to go more like 45 minutes. Um Let's start. So uh, the thing I've been doing with these division previews is sort of biggest questions for each team. And why don't we just start with your team, Ryan? Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles have had quite the eventful offseason, had a big time draft day, traded for A.J. Brown. If you look at the Eagles roster right now and you ask yourself, a big question about them. What is the biggest question pertaining to this Philadelphia Eagles team right now, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely going to be in the secondary for the Eagles in terms of where they have the biggest questions, uh, you know, heading into the year. I liked what they did on the offensive side of the ball. You know, getting A.J. Brown is, is a big ad. But on defense, I think they did a good job to bolster up the D-line. But it really comes down to the secondary for me. They know they have a pretty rock-solid CB1 and Darius Slay as one of their spots in the secondary, but they signed James Bradbury, you know, a veteran. He's bounced around a little bit, you know, has had some inconsistent play over the last few years. So we'll see if he can kind of solidify a CB2 role because I feel like they need Avante Maddox in the slot uh, when they play nickel, which is, you know, most of the time. They also have Zach McPherson, who is going into his second year. He was a fourth-round pick, played a little bit last year uh, for corners. But I think they have more of a question mark at safety. Uh, They don't keep Rodney McLeod, who left in free agency. uh, So that's going to be a little tough. They bring back Anthony Harris. Uh, and Marcus Epps, um, you know, but we'll see how those kind of pan out. I I think secondary and specifically safety is kind of the biggest area where I have, you know, questions about the Eagles. So I'm a bigger James Bradbury fan than you are. Like, uh, I I think that with proper coaching, which I think the Eagles have, he can play well enough to not be a liability, which is all you really want from your corners is to not be liabilities. 
Avante Maddox, sure, a little bit of a question, but pretty good nickel guy, as as you said. Um, I like the secondary a lot more than you do, I think. Uh, I, I just view, this, view it as a very complete defense from front to back. Uh, nice of them to, like, finally get some real uh, linebackers with Kaiser White and Nicobe Dean. Like, very nice of them to finally just play people who aren't nobodies of that position. Feels like that'll work out for them in the long term. Um, my question for Donnie is this, Donnie. Focusing over to the offensive side of the ball, Miles Sanders, you root for Saquon Barkley. I feel like Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley have like similar career trajectories in that they've shown real flashes of how talented they can be, but both have major consistency and injury concerns. How do you view Miles Sanders going into this season? I think there's a lot of people that are like low on Miles Sanders. I don't necessarily know why, because when he plays, he plays really well. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you can find um, negatives outside of like the injury things. I don't, I don't care. Honestly, it does not bother me in the slightest. If a running back has injury concerns, given the fact that, you know, every year it feels like somebody gets hurt and then there's another running back that pops up and is fine. And we're not talking about, this is an Eagles team that they've put a little bit of, you know, they've tried to build the last couple of years on the, the running back depth a little bit. Like we saw, uh, I think Kenneth Gainwell has been a pretty solid contributor and should be able to step up in uh, another year in the pros, obviously. I don't know. I don't have any real issue with Miles Sanders. I think that he's a perfect um, complimentary back to have, especially given the fact that Jalen Hurts is very good on the ground. He takes a lot of pressure off of the running backs in the first place. Um, if anything, the running back position for the Eagles is probably the least, uh, you know, it's the least, in terms of positional groups, the one that I worry about the most, given the fact that I feel like the Eagles just run on everybody last year, they ran on literally everybody. It was crazy to see, given the fact that, you know, you come into the year, the question mark was literally, are they going to be able to run the ball? Are they going to be able to move the ball? What's the offense going to do? And it looked like Jalen hurts did a fine job of uh, allowing whoever was at running back. Cause obviously the Eagles, uh, they love to rotate in their random running backs. You'll see Boston Scott play at some point in the year. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of an issue. And, you know, RK will tell you, uh, running backs don't really matter. You can always find one. Like there's always going to be somebody that can step in and do the job. All right. That, that, that was uh, a lot on Miles Sanders. I, you know, I'm a fan of his. I, I think that he's shown some interesting things on tape, but I, I'd like to see a little bit more. Uh, Ryan, two more questions on the Eagles and then we can kind of move on. I told you guys, this would be kind of rapid fire. Like I'm, I'm really trying to keep these short, sweet and to the point, but Ryan, obviously the talk's been about A.J. Brown in the wide receiving core. Like, he's the guy you bring in. But we kind of know what A.J. Brown is. I, I'm not really curious as to what you expect from him. I think we all know what we expect from him, which is to be a game-changing number one wide receiver like he was in Tennessee. Devontae Smith, what do you expect from him in his second season? Because his first season was really up and down. There were some games where he played really, really well. And some games where he didn't see the ball as much and just wasn't as involved. What do you expect to see from Devontae Smith in year two? And do you think the Eagles could be in a position where perhaps they have two number one wide receivers? Or do you think Devontae um, Smith is more of a, you know, secondary guy that that'll provide you some good numbers, but isn't going to be that game changing player every single game? 
Yeah, that's a good one because I was very high on Devontae Smith coming out of college. You know, the the definite talk was where uh, we have big questions about this guy because of his body size. You know, he just doesn't weigh that much. He's only 175 pounds. You know, we don't have as much confidence that he'll be able to stand up over the wear and tear of a season. But I think he did a pretty good job of that. And he had to be the number one guy for the Eagles last year in a team that really didn't have that great of a passing attack. So, uh, you know, while Jalen Hurts was still developing, you know, himself and the Eagles were really kind of focused on running the ball. Donnie talked about that with Miles Sanders earlier, but that just really wasn't kind of the focal point of their offense was, you know, we're going to be, you know, West coast offense, you know, slinging the ball downfield. So I think overall, like you saw the flashes from Devonte Smith, like you said, like I think about the Denver game specifically against your Broncos, like he had a couple of touchdowns in that game and I'm thinking, all right, this guy's pretty good. Like you definitely see that he's got some ability but I think he is going to do better in kind of that complimentary number two role uh, opposite AJ Brown, because I feel like there were times where, you know, teams would really kind of like throw their number one corner at Smith and, and he struggled at times. And sure, he was just a rookie. That's going to happen. But he's still developing himself, um, you know, just 23 years old. So I think that Smith will do better in kind of that number two role. That's not to say I don't think he can develop into being, you know, kind of the number one receiver, like you were saying in your question. But I think for this year, while he's still in just in year number two, he's going to excel better, you know, being in that kind of wide receiver two role, you know, out wide opposite of AJ Brown, whether he's in the slot or also out wide himself. Indeed. Donnie, my question for you is Jalen hurts, Jalen hurts. And this is really for the whole panel here. Jalen hurts. He's really the last question I have about the Eagles. Here's how I feel about Jalen hurts. He's a fine quarterback, but he has real limitations and he has a turnover problem which kind of showed up in the playoffs last year. He's got these two great wide receivers now. Everyone assumes the Eagles are just going to be this team putting up a ton of points and being like this dynamic offense. What do you expect from Jalen Hurts this year? Because I just don't know. Like, I, I've i come down on Dak overall, but I still believe Dak's the best quarterback in the division. And I just, I don't really see a path where Jalen hurts outdoes what Dak currently is. Well, I think it's also just like a different system entirely. Dak is going to have the ball in his hands all game and he's going to be slinging the ball around. Whereas Jalen hurts. He has to rely on his legs. I think that could end up being a recipe for disaster uh, against some teams. Obviously, the well-coached defenses of the league, you can shut down a running quarterback. We've seen guys like Lamar Jackson not really be able to um, figure out uh, against, especially uh, high-end linebacker units, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, you would expect Jalen Hurts to be better. I don't think there's any question that Jalen Hurts will be better. You give him better receivers, he's going to be better throwing the ball. Uh, but I, I think you can definitely expect the running game to be a little bit more of a struggle on his end, which, you know, if he's a better passer, he can pretty much take away all of the extra, you know, stress that uh, extra pressure that he'll end up being. Um, he should see every game. I don't anticipate anybody is going to be like, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to drop everybody into coverage and just see what he does. Like, no, they're going to have to get to the quarterback. You're going to have to rush him. You're going to have to make him uh, make mistakes. Uh, I'm, I wasn't high on Jalen hurts earlier on. I thought Jalen hurts had, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of limitations, but it looked like last year, time to time, he looked like he just has an incredible ability. Obviously um, we saw it against the giants. He made a couple of mistakes in games, both games, that, you know, you're sitting there like, ah, like this is really not what we're looking for out of a starting quarterback. But 
I think a, a lot of, and you know, this is, this is a bad take from a giants fan who follows Daniel Jones, but like, sometimes you got to sit there and be like, wow, these flashes, like if you can do this more consistently, we're looking at a quarterback that could be a top five, top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, wow, obviously it's not going to happen with Daniel say. Jones, but like Jalen hurts could very well be a lower end top 10 quarterback. Uh, maybe not the end of this year, but at some point in his career, you have to think like a guy with that type of ability to be able to get out of the pocket and, and make space for himself. Um, doesn't come around that often and you know if you were looking at Jalen Hurts in the same career trajectory as a guy like Lamar Jackson I think you could argue that Lamar Jackson is is you know shown enough to where he's like a lower end top 10 quarterback um, when he's really on playing his best football and I think Jalen Hurts has the same sort of level there uh, Jalen Hurts has incredible arm strength when he like you know sets himself and doesn't try to roll to the right and throw across his body um, you know, I'm sure RK saw that a couple of times during the year. And it's, it's really just a great time when your quarterback's throwing, uh, throwing left from the right side of the field. It's, it's just an experience. It's like Madden all over again, but yeah. I don't know. You, you have to take the go with the bad. And I think Jalen Hurts provides a lot of positives that most of the quarterbacks in the league just don't have. They don't have them in their arsenal at all. So I, if I was, if anything, I'd be very, I don't know, bullish on his ability to maybe like, Oh, we're, we're looking at a guy that could develop really, really significant numbers and, and be a, a legitimate leader. It's like, you brought up Dak Prescott. It's not like Dak Prescott really does anything other than puts up numbers. We will talk about Dak later. Obviously I have some very serious takes on Dak, but you know, give Jalen a chance. We'll see. Like he's really early in his career. Yeah. Ryan, you, you're, you're kind of follow up thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I think Donnie brought up a lot of really good points. I, I would even say like, I'm very high on Jalen Hurts myself. I think like we, you brought up like Lamar Jackson. Like I definitely think Lamar Jackson is like a different kind of runner than Hertz. Like Hertz definitely has some good speed, but I think Jackson like is like more kind of like straight line speed, more in kind of like the Michael Vick comp than uh, Hertz. I feel like more is a threat in kind of the, the red zone because he scored 10 rushing touchdowns last year. Like that was a big part of his value. Like Eric, you talked on the uh, like turnover issues, like he had nine interceptions, four fumbles. Like that's certainly something that he's got to clear up. And he talked about some of the decision-making Donnie when he comes to, you know, throwing across your body or like the Giants game specifically, like he had some really, really bad turnovers in that game. And you're like, oh, come on. But he's still a young quarterback. You know, he's turning 24 this August. So he's still really young. Last year was just his first full year starting. He got some playoff experience, uh, you know, on a team that, you know, really at the beginning of the year, didn't really seem like they were going to do anything kind of changed around the offense with the run game. Uh, you know, the offensive line was big. Uh, for him, uh, you know, developing pretty young. Nick Sirianni did a nice job to help Hurts. So I got a lot of confidence that Hurts is going to continue to get better because that's what he's shown in his career. Like pretty much every season he's gotten better, um, you know, from what I've seen. So I think there's a lot to like with Hurts. And uh, if he can continue to build on it this year with more weapons around him, like the excuses are kind of out. Like there's no reason that Hurts, you know, shouldn't be a top 10 quarterback with what he has around him. Like if he's not at that level this year, then, you know, he, he they're going to look to move on from him, I would, I would have to say. So he needs to, you know, really kind of prove to, uh, you know, everybody that he can be that guy. And it is risky as well because it's a contract year. So if he does ball out, the Eagles are probably going to pay him a lot. And, you know, maybe then he, you know, reverts back to some of his bad old traits. So it's a high risk situation this year with, uh, with Hertz being in the contract year, but there, there's no reason for him not to have an, an outstanding season, uh, you know, with, with what he's got around him. Moving on to the Washington commanders, the Washington football team, whatever you want to call them these days. My biggest question is this. If Carson Wentz was not the quarterback of this team, would we consider them 
a top 10 to 12 NFL offense? I argue yes, because they just have so much talent. I mean, Terry McLaurin gets a huge contract extension, totally deserved it. One of the best wide receivers in the league. Antonio Gibson, he's kind of up and down, but still a very good runner, very good pass catcher out of the backfield. Curtis Samuel wasn't able to stay healthy last year, but he's a good slot wide receiver. And then you draft Jahan Dotson to add kind of a vertical threat to the offense. I And you have Logan Thomas, who, who I think is a very good tight end. I'm very high on the offense in general here. But then Carson Wentz pops up and you're like, oh, it's Carson Wentz. And things could go poorly. Things could also go well, though. So my, I'll start with you, Ryan. If Carson Wentz was not the quarterback of this team, if they had someone slightly better, say Kirk Cousins or, you know, Jalen Hurts was the quarterback here, would we view this as a higher upside roster than we currently do? Or is it, are people just down on the Washington Commanders because Carson Wentz is the quarterback? Because offensively, I think they have a pretty good roster. And, you know, defensively, you could argue they have that too, even though this was the same defense they had last year that was pretty awful throughout most of the year, despite having all the big names on it. I don't know who to blame the defense on, but I feel like people would be higher on the offense if Carson Wentz wasn't the quarterback. Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, you know, I like what they extended Terry McLaurin this offseason. I like that they drafted Jahan Dotson. Uh, I like that they kept J.D. McKissick around. Uh, they kept some of their offensive linemen that they had had. They got Trey Turner, Norwell. So I like that they, you know, helped out the offense, but I mean, I think it's possible that some people are just kind of down on Wentz, so they they don't really have a big reason to, you know, be high on the commanders. I mean, I think that I'm mostly concerned about the defense for them. I, I don't really think that, you know, the secondary or is really very good. I like the defensive line, but kind of similar to the Eagles, I don't think their secondary is very good, and I think it's even worse than the Eagles is. Uh, I think the commander's secondary is worse, that is. So I think that overall it's possible that the com commanders could kind of surprise some people this year, but I mean – Overall, they haven't won a playoff game since 2005. Like we've seen them have seasons where they go on and win the division and then they lose in the first round of the wild card because they were the last division team to get it and they lose to the five seed. Uh, you know, most recently that was Tampa Bay in 2020 uh, during that playoff. So, I mean, I'm not like saying that I think Washington's going to have a good season in terms of playoff success, but they could kind of surprise some people, win some division games and have a little bit more success if Wentz can kind of play some solid football, which I think he will be able to do. I think they're going to be a competitive team, but just not in terms of, you know, established playoff success. Donnie, what do you think? I think the people are harder on Carson Wentz than they should be. I am not and have not been a Carson Wentz fan for a large majority of his career, given the fact that he was a Philadelphia Eagle. And I did not think that he was a great quarterback as a Philadelphia Eagle for a large portion of it. Although, you know, you can definitely argue that there was a year or two there where he looked very, very good. Um, I don't know. I, I think people are harsher on Carson Wentz than anything. If you're saying, um, if they had another quarterback, a league average quarterback, or if Carson Wentz wasn't the quarterback and Taylor Heineke was a quarterback, I don't think it makes much of a difference. I think Carson Wentz is probably the best they could have done in terms of upgrading without like making a huge deal. Like say the Broncos did getting Russell Wilson. Like it, those are not cheap deals. Those are not easy deals to make. And those are not deals that, especially a team like Washington, um, 
with a lot of behind the scenes issues currently uh, should be making. There's a lot going on. And I think that's probably a big part of why um, people are a little bit down on the franchise in general. I don't know. You can see this team being a near 500 team. They should win eight games throughout the year. I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, I also think Carson Wentz, as I mentioned before, gets a lot of unnecessary hate for, for one game where in reality, he played pretty well for the majority of the year, I would say, as a guy that was kind of just like, he's not going to wow you. He's not going to blow your mind. It's like the Ryan Tannehill role. He goes out there. He does his job. He wins games for you most of the time. There will be some mistakes there. I don't know. I, I'm higher on Carson Wentz than most are. And I think Carson Wentz deserves a little bit of respect, honestly, in this situation. It's like, you know, you're giving him a really good core to work with. Why not see how he plays? Like he could fire the ball around. It's not like Carson Wentz is going to go out there and, and look like Josh Rosen. Like we're talking about a legitimate starting NFL quarterback. Yeah, th- th- that that's a fair point. I just, I'm very low on Carson Wentz and it, I, it sucks because I'm very high on the rest of this Washington roster. I just don't believe in any way, shape, or form Carson Wentz can be successful here. Like because I believe we've seen enough from him, and he's not, you know. It's hard to say he's not a starting quarterback because the numbers would say he is but he's kind of in that Kirk Cousins range right now where you're probably not getting very far if you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. My question now for you, Ryan, is what happened to the defense last year? Because this year, again, it looks good. You know, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat is just an absolute monster. He's just one of my favorite guys that doesn't get a lot of shine in the national football um cognoscenti I guess but I think Montez Swent is just an absolute beast and like one of my favorite kind of pass rushers to watch on all 22 film he's very very fast um but you know they lose a little bit at safety Cameron Curl and Bobby McCain are, are back there now um the cornerback room is you know Kendall Fuller's good but the other two guys, William Jackson III and Benjamin St. Juice, I'm honestly not as familiar with. And they they gave up some big passing games last year, this, this Washington defense did. So what do you blame this kind of Washington defensive decline last year on? Because on paper, at least that pass rush makes this look like it should be a top 10 unit from year to year but they were nowhere close statistically via DVOA and really any stat you look at last year to being a top 10 unit just because of how many points they gave up last year. So what what do you kind of think about this Washington defense going into this year? Yeah, I think you bring up good points, and I think it just comes down to the fact that their pass defense was so bad. Like the secondary wasn't holding up long enough to allow that good pass rush to get in. You know, guys like Chase Young, he got injured last season, but you still have Jonathan Allen. You still have Montez Sweat, as you talked about. So they have a lot of guys that can get to the quarterback if the secondary can hold up. But that was really the problem that they hadn't. And, you know, Kendall Fuller had a very good season in that secondary for sure. But, I mean, William Jackson wasn't as good as they had hoped by any means. So uh, I think Cam Curl, he, he, he's shown a little bit of flashes in, uh, for secondary uh, for safeties rather uh, still as a young player, but I think it just comes down to the fact that their secondary just could not hold up 
long enough for, you know, that pass rush to get in because that defensive line is pretty good. So when I watch him, it seems like either it's like a number one receiver or just like one kind of dynamite player. They had really trouble defending uh, in matchups because their secondary, you know, couldn't, you know, hold up long enough. So that's what I've been seeing with Washington in terms of why it hasn't been as good because it does look good when you kind of break it down position by position. Yeah. That that's was my biggest question on this Washington Commanders team. Before we move on, I just want to ask the, the whole panel here. Do you think there's a chance? Obviously, I'm low on the team. Do you guys think there's a chance that in kind of a weaker NFC, this is a playoff team with Carson Wentz at all? I think yes. I, I would say this team could make the playoffs, but I don't think that they win a playoff game. I think it would be a typical Washington season where they, you know, make the postseason, they lose in the wild card round. That happened in 2020, 2015, 2012, 2007. Like every, every couple of years, they'll pop off and show up in the playoffs, but they don't do anything in the playoffs. So I, I think that there is possible for that this season. I think they could make the playoffs, but I don't think they would win a playoff game. I guess I could say I'll go with yes, too. Although last year, I think the biggest issue watching Washington was it felt like they always started off games losing. They were always behind, always trailing. It's really hard to come back in the NFL, uh, a very offense heavy league. And uh, there was a statistic that I remember reading a couple months ago that every team in the NFC East, their first half, um, they were in the bottom half in terms of giving up points in the first half. Um, you know, Washington was very clearly the worst of the bunch, which is crazy given the fact that the Giants are just atrocious on defense to start off games. Uh, that really blew my mind. But yeah, I, I don't know. The whole start of the game is really important. And I, I think you could even say the best defense in today's NFL is just having a strong offense that stays on the field, uh, gives your defense a break. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that they can get worse than they were last year in terms of starting off games because it felt like they were out of games by halftime pretty consistently, um, especially with a very streaky team. You'd have to think like Carson Wentz gives them a better chance to win than Taylor Heineke. And last year they weren't like an atrocious team, all things considered, but they had a lot of downfalls and a lot of uh, shortcomings, I guess would be the word. It, do I see them making the playoffs? Probably not. But is there a chance they snuck into a wild card? I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, this is a team that should hover around nine wins. Like, I don't see that being crazy, especially given the fact that they've, they've kind of owned the Giants recently, you know, should be the same this year. I would assume that they split with the Eagles and uh, the Cowboys maybe too. I don't know. It, it, the division offers them a lot of opportunity to be successful. Uh, it just depends if Carson Wentz can take it, really. Hmm. The New York football giants. Let's just let's just get them out of the way here. Uh, this one might be a little bit quicker than the other ones. Donnie, we did a Giants check-in earlier this offseason. People should go back and check that out. We really went super in-depth on the Giants fair because I like, you know, I get suckered into my friends' teams. I like my friends' teams. I, I pay close attention to my friends' teams. Uh I will just say this. I don't believe the Giants are really going to do anything this year, largely because Daniel Jones is what he is. I don't think Brian Dable is going to change that. I, I kind of thought there might have been when we talked last, but the more I've gotten to think about it, the more I've actually gone back and watched Daniel Jones, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, like this guy's just he, he's just doesn't have it. Um the Giants won the offseason, or, or, or one of the teams that did win the offseason, I would say, getting Evan Neal, 
you know, getting Kayvon Thibodeau, you're, you drafted really well and you didn't kill yourself in free agency. What are you expecting from this Giants team, Donnie? Because the offense, again, as we usually say with the Giants, looks good. It has some weapons, but those weapons usually refuse to stay healthy or produce the way you expect them to. So what are you kind of expecting from the Giants this season? Well, I think it's still like primarily last year's team. And you have to remember last year's team was not very fun to watch as somebody who sat through and grinded through uh, quite a few Giants games that I should not have been watching any longer. The games that I should have turned off at halftime. Um, there's going to be a lot of shortcomings just because the personnel is not there compared to a team like the Eagles or the Cowboys, both of whom who I think have done a much better job at rolling with the punches they've received. It's like as soon as Saquon Barkley gets hurt, the Giants offense is atrocious every time it happens. Um, and then you can even say with like guys like Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay was pretty mediocre last year and every other receiver they had on the team um, found a way to get injured at some point, even if it was like non-contact stuff, which seems to be the Giants way. I don't know. I wouldn't be like super surprised if they ended up being a five win team this year. Like uh, this is going to be a growing pains year. And I don't think anybody's really arguing them being any better than a growing pains team, but in the NFL, it's really hard to get out of the whole like perennial loser, consistently bad mold. It's going to take a couple of years. They're going to have to let a couple of guys go. Um, obviously I saw somebody, somebody tweeted the other the giants defense could have eight guys they've drafted in the last three years starting for it this year. Um, maybe not the ideal situation, given the fact that I don't feel like the giants have drafted very well over the last couple of years. Uh, and I'm sure the front office now that's recently taken over trying to, you know, figure everything out. It doesn't seem like it's a very, the possibilities seem more likely to them uh, being a double digit loss team struggling heavily against teams like the Eagles and Cowboys who are just stronger on, on both sides of the ball. I don't know. I wouldn't expect the Giants to be great. I would expect Daniel Jones to be better than he was, but Daniel Jones can't be much worse than he was um, at times. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of just sitting here thinking like a, a five win team, probably the, the seller dweller of the division. Although, you know, things happen. You would hope there will be some flashes. You would hope there'd be some growth. And obviously they've done a job, uh, done a good job addressing the offensive line needs, which has been the biggest uh, issue plaguing them the last couple of years. But you got to think it's a young team. And they're still a couple of years away, probably a quarterback away from being a playoff team. And that's, I've accepted that at this point. I think that's where we're looking. And I, I don't anticipate it being any better than I, I give them the cap. It's probably like seven or eight wins at this point. Ooh, that sounds kind of rough to be uh I, I you know want... all about it you're a, you're a, you love the broncos you know, know all about this i know i know it just sounds rough it just sounds like this is going to be a really rough year for you donnie uh I, it's going to be a lot of texts in the, the middle of sundays where donnie's like football's a shit sport so it doesn't it really is. matter <laughs> it's a bad sport <laughs> um uh so i mean yeah, I guess just get ready for October. Rangers will be back. That, that'll be good. You know, at, le at least the Rangers will be competitive. So that'll be nice. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I apologize, Donnie. This has really been a downer talking about the Giants. I did not want to talk about the Giants for very long just because I'm incredibly low on them. And it feels like we say the same thing about the Giants literally every single year at this point, right? Ryan, am I wrong on this? Like, we've done this podcast 
literally i think i've had you guys on for the nfc east like the past three years like it feels like we've said the exact same thing about the giants every single year so the answer is yes but here's what i will say the giants at least now you have a new new head coach you have brian dable so i think everything that donnie said is correct i agree that they're kind of the bottom but i do see a little upside in brian dable like i think there's going to be a lot of struggles first time he's been a head coach you know he's he's a respected offensive mind and whatnot but if brian dable can at least get them to compete at the end of the regular season maybe then you can build some momentum going into next year maybe some of the younger players start to develop you see you know evan neal get a little bit more comfortable out there you see aziz ojalari compliment Kayvon thibodeau on the other side of the edge like if you see at the end of the season these guys start to come along and maybe they win two or three games at the end of the regular season I think that could go a long way in helping out you know the start of what is you know Brian Dable's first regime with the Giants so I agree there it sounds very similar to what we've been saying sad year for the Giants coming up but hold your hat you know end of the season December if they can steal a couple games uh you know at the end of the year that can really help them out going into you know the the years to come the Cowboys Finally closing up on the Cowboys. And I just want to open with this. I want I want to throw a question to Donnie. Donnie, as I've said before, it, it I think it's accurate to say the past few years I've had you guys on to do the NFC East preview. How would you characterize the way I feel about the Cowboys most years, Donnie? Well, since you, you've been telling me that you're, you're lower on Dak Prescott, but this guy was telling me Dak Prescott's like the greatest player of all time a couple of years ago. Last year, we came to the year thinking, oh, is this, the, is this the year for the Cowboys? And there are tweets that will back that up. I can guarantee that there are, are Dak Prescott love uh, admiration uh, tweets out there. And that's just that's not going to change. I'm sure Eric will find that groove at some point this year. Um, but yeah, I, I would say your characterization of your, your love for the Dallas Cowboys has been it's been very apparent the last couple of years. Yes, uh, which brings me to the way I feel about the Dallas Cowboys this year. Not really that high on them. Like, it feels like they lost a lot this offseason. It feels like they lost a lot. I mean, they lose um, Amari Cooper on offense. Defensively, you lose some pass rushers. And um, Dak is just not exactly what I expected him to be. In fact, I, I don't even know if I had to make a list of like top 10 quarterbacks right now, if I put them in that list, to be completely honest with you, probably be like 10 or 11, I guess. But um, the Cowboys this year, I'm just going to say something. I'm much higher on the defense they had than the offense to be completely honest with you, you know, Micah Parsons was awesome last year. I think he can be a defensive player of the year candidate this year. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence has always been a pretty good pass rusher. Um, losing Randy Gregory, that, that kind of hurts, but the secondary is good. I know you guys aren't as high on Trevon Diggs and I realized there were some issues with him last year, but you know, you cannot deny that he did force a lot of turnovers last year. And that's something that he's very good at and having a cornerback that can force turnovers is something that's always going to help your defense. And most players make a big jump from year one to year two. Maybe he gets better in coverage and then you have Anthony Brown, who was really good in coverage. They didn't really throw towards him at all last year. Um, you bring in Malik Hooker at safety, who he's fine. I I really like the Cowboys defense. I think it can be maybe the second best unit in the division behind 
the Eagles defense and one of the best in the NFC, which, you know, isn't saying a lot as there aren't a ton of great defenses in the NFC. But, you know, I like the Cowboys defense much more than I like the Cowboys offense. There was no question there. That was really bad <laughs> podcasting by me to to just think you guys would jump in there. Uh, what, <laughs> Brian, I guess, what do you think about the Cowboys? I just want to talk about what we think about the Cowboys for a little bit because it's just fascinating right. what everyone thinks about the Cowboys every year because they're one of the teams where it's like, it doesn't really matter what they do on the field. It's just more like, okay, what are you, what are you doing right now? You know? Yeah, well, first and foremost, here's a team that has not made the NFC Championship game since 1995. So we're talking about a team that I do not foresee as having a ton of playoff success. But you mentioned some of the departures heading into this year. I think Amari Cooper is yeah. a big one for sure. You lose what I think was probably the best trio of receivers in the NFL. Obviously, you keep Gallup. Uh, that was kind of a decision. Do we keep Gallup? Do we keep Cooper? They decide to keep Gallup uh, alongside of CeeDee Lamb. So I think the offense, you know, maybe takes a little bit of a step back. Uh, you know, they're still paying Zeke a lot of money. So they're relying on him to be, you know, one of the best running backs in football. So uh, they need him to be kind of that bell cow. I like Tony Pollard as a compliment on the offensive side of the ball. So I think there's things to like with the offense, but I do think there is a little bit of a drop off without Cooper on defense. I like the pass rushers. Like you said, keeping Lawrence was big, but I think the run defense is really where the Cowboys suffer. They just seem to get gashed in the run game left and right. They lost to the 49ers this past year in the playoffs team that kind of ran all over them. So I think that was a big flaw. And, and even with the corners, I'm not as high on, on the secondary as you are. Maybe, uh, you know, you mentioned Diggs. he forced the turnovers, but he got burnt too many times for, for me to kind of take that super seriously. I'd be skeptical if, if he has kind of a, 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 a same kind of success in terms of turnovers moving forward, but we'll see the ball skills are really good. So I think the Cowboys, I'm, I'm still concerned about the defense because the run defense is bad. And, uh, and the secondary, I think is prone to getting gashed as well. So I don't think the Cowboys will be much better than they were last year. Cause I don't see what areas they added. Uh, you know, they, they added a first round pick on, on the offensive line um, this year, but um, you know, we'll see, but I, I'm not super, super high on the Cowboys. I think they could make the playoffs, but I don't foresee them, you know, doing much damage if they got there. Donnie, um, what do you think about um, Dak Prescott going into this year? Well, I think like I've been saying this for, for a long time, and I know I've said it on the podcast before. We're sitting here at a point where Dak Prescott does not beat teams that are, are, are considered like quality contenders. Um, very often he will have what I would consider uh, mediocre at best games where he's turning the ball over, um, can't make the clutch plays as we saw at the end of the year last year in the playoffs. Uh, there were some real downfalls in clutch time uh, for Dak Prescott. It's a quarterback that there's always guys that like stat pad a little bit. They're going to put up big numbers. I think you can even like look back at the end of the year last year when they were kind of running through the division. I believe they played the Eagles late in the year and put up like 45 or 50 points um, like a week or two after putting up 45 or 50 points on Washington, uh, which is, you know, great and all. I'm glad that you can beat up on division teams with seven or eight or nine wins. But when it gets to the point where you're playing teams like, I, I don't know, I think you can really easily look at their losses last year and be like, yeah, you can definitely pin this on Dak Prescott, just not being able to get it done. Uh, a lot of that comes with coaching as well. I think, you know, you need somebody that can, uh, Dak's got to be built up. He's going to go out there. He's going to dominate a lot of games. He's going to look really good. And I think that's where like the whole like stat, like he, his stat line looks immaculate almost every year when he plays a full season, you know, you're getting good performances out of him, but when it comes to clutch performances, you're not getting anything. Uh, it's an unfortunate reality of the situation. And I also think, you know, 
the Cowboys, they would definitely be better off if they didn't just like force feed the ball to Ezekiel Elliott at times. Uh, I think that Dak himself would really benefit from having Tony Pollard on the field a little bit more. Tony Pollard is a guy who puts up a significant amount of yards every time he touches the ball. It's a guy that uh, in a change of pace role when he's healthy and when he's fresh, he's going to go out there and dominate games. Whereas Ezekiel Elliott does not always like I'd say most of the time when Zeke's playing, he doesn't look fresh. He doesn't look like he's really like healthy. Uh, He's got injury issues with the best of them, like, you know, he's going to play his games, but he's not going to play healthy. And I think a lot of that will end up, you know, maybe negatively affecting Dak's uh, ability to perform. Although, as I said before, it's like, you look at the games that they lost last year and even you as, as a Broncos fan, you got to witness a, a Dak Prescott, you know, I, I don't know if I'd call it like, I don't want to be mean and say like a meltdown or something along those lines, but like it was a meltdown. You're gonna have it was a meltdown. He was really bad, and he's really bad against other teams too. I think he struggled against the, the division in general. So uh, I don't know. I, I would say Dak Prescott. You know, it's a guy that you can rely on to get you the big wins. He's gonna put up a bunch of points against some teams that are maybe not as competitive. But you know, he he makes so many mistakes or, or like little tiny like brain farts. I think is the best way to put it. And when you have a quarterback that has that little like processing delay or whatever, or can't really put everything together, especially in clutch moments, it's like. I saw it with Eli Manning. He was very clutch a lot of the time. And other times, Eli Manning, oh, somebody's up 40 yards on the field. I'm just going to launch the ball and see what happens. Dak Prescott, he makes the little mistakes that, you know, you just can't have when you're trying to win playoff games. It's just as simple as that. Finally, Ryan, I just wanted to ask you uh, a guy that we didn't really cover as much on our draft uh, shows as I wanted to. But Jalen Tolbert, he's projected to be the slot receiver for them this year. Do you think he's a guy that can step in and be immediately successful? Yeah, I like Tolbert. Yeah, I think he he had some kind of like interesting film, South Alabama. So you watched him kind of like take off and dominate some, you know, group of five and like smaller school competition uh, when when you watched his tape. But I think he's got an interesting opportunity for him ahead of him. Uh, you know, he, he's one of the guys. Uh, I know they also have Ontario Drummond, who played at Ole Miss. I thought he had some good tape uh, playing with Matt Corral this year as well. So uh, they have a couple of young receivers that are going to kind of look to come in and fill that gap. Um, that was left when, when Cooper departed, we know they run a lot of, uh, you know, kind of 11 personnel, three receivers, uh, one running back, one tight end. Uh, I like Dalton Schultz in, as a tight end and whether it's Pollard or Zeke, they like to have those three receivers out there with them. So seems like that spot's going to be open. I like Tolbert, but you know, as a, you know, there's a big adjustment there. I think receivers, uh, one of the more difficult positions to just come in and, and it translate right away. Some guys have done it, of course, like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, but I think for, for a guy like Tolbert, it may take a little bit longer time, but, uh, yeah, I think he has some intriguing tape and maybe towards the end of the season usually uh with those younger players we don't necessarily see it you know maybe necessarily week one i know you said there's potentially does get that but i'll have to obviously prove it and earn it to uh get that opportunity so uh yeah i like his tape think he has some potential but uh, i'm not necessarily sold he'll come in and, and start dominating right away i guess so to speak gotcha all right boys this was fun uh i'm just gonna rattle off how i see the division plan i haven't done any predictions or yet anything like that just because uh, I'm doing my write-ups and stuff week by week and I haven't gotten there yet but I I, kind of see it going Eagles winning the division Cowboys second Commanders third Giants fourth does everyone kind of agree with that is that I think I think the only thing I would say differently is I could see Washington ahead of Dallas as a surprise two instead of Dallas at three yeah I think things could go poorly for Dallas 
Oh, and we all do believe Sean Payton's going to be coaching the Dallas Cowboys next year, right? Like, we're, we're all pretty sure about that. Maybe Lincoln right? Riley. I don't know. We'll see how that chair is looking in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, but not Mike McCarthy. Uh, I will tell you that. Oh, uh, I can see him gone. I, I don't think things are going to go super well for old Mike. Um, <laughs> all right, boys. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. You can follow these guys. Listen to their tremendous podcast, Rody on the Horn podcast, Rothpod on Twitter. Uh, Donovan Burns has a private account, so why why even shout that out? He may not. Yeah, good luck. You, he, he may not even let you follow him. Um, Ryan Roadkill eight two three, I believe. Hopefully, I got, got it. That, I got that one right. Boys, thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your day. And I will point out, we got out of here in. 54 minutes not three hours so that that was that was very good thank you very much for the applause all right folks we will see you whenever we see you next again these are all pre-taped at this point so go ahead just follow the end zone podcast on twitter at end zone pod we'll tweet out when we are releasing stuff thanks guys and we'll see you later